With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are back, and I know that y'all have been waiting for us. Waiting. Something happened over the weekend. Oh, my gosh. And it exploded. Blake Bortles got a contract. We're going to talk about that in a second. What's up, fuckers? That's hey. I, I'm going to start. I mean, since we got overwhelming reviews to continue to swear, yes. I'm going to talk like I talk normally that uh, when I walk into the office, I say, what's up, fuckers? It's been nonstop curse as much as possible. We did the poll. 90% of people want unlimited cursing. 4% of people want one curse. 6% of people want two curses. And Josh isn't here. So I'm going to try and curse less, but it's definitely I will try to. I will try to make it less as well. We're talking Bortles. We're talking this Marcus Peters trade. Woo. We're going to have Connor Rogers from Stick to Football come in. I'm going to do some Lefko inventory. We're going to learn about the combine before all these interviews start. I forgot. We're almost near our favorite time of the year, hand measuring season. <laughs> I think we should rec- we should measure our hands on Wednesday and see how we're doing. See if we've grown or shrunk at all from last year. Well, your 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 favorite thing of uh, this time of the year is watching guys' penises fall out of their spandex when they run the forty. It was uh, Chris Jones. <laughs> it was, it was Chris it, Jones. and it was a great football player, <laughs> Mississippi was. State. That it's just you're watching for like six hours, guys running around in spandex, and it's ridiculous. You it know is what I mean? ridiculous. It's I can't believe it's a thing. I, I do think football has to do something about their junk problem. Oh, like when they're running around? Just the junk problem within the combine or even in the football pants. I, mean, I never notice it, but my girlfriend will say so. I notice it. I mean, I, I, listen, I just don't I'm an expert at looking naked naked men. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it just takes you there. You're just a shot. It's You're like, there. damn, there's the guy's crotch, and I can see his penis through the outline <laughs> of his football pants. Something actually happened right before we came in here. New York Times reporting that a major fine is coming to Jerry Jones millions of dollars from Roger Goodell for extensibly two reasons. Yeah. Number one, right. because he was very vocal saying that Zeke should not be suspended. Right. And number two, and probably more important, yeah. that Jerry Jones was leading the charge to not get Roger Goodell extended. We have not talked about this at all. It no. literally just happened. My first thought was... I don't understand. I thought the commissioner is supposed to represent the owners, and if the owners are going to go out and say, I don't want him representing... Was not his place, though. See, it's the rules. He was not a part of the compensation committee. He was butting his nose into a committee he had no business. So he wasn't selected for that committee, so technically, shut your mouth, you didn't make the committee. You weren't supposed to even be talking about this. So here he is just trying to rile up public notion. Yes. Mm. Right. So I think that's what it is. I mean, I don't know. There's no rule. I don't think there's a written law or a rule that he can't say that. 
that. Yeah, I saw but, an Ed Werder tweet that said Jerry, through that throughout that entire process, made sure that he was within the legal ramifications to not get this fine. But no, this is Roger Goodell. Look. Adam Silver, who I believe is the best commissioner in sports right now, yeah. he finds Mark Cuban for doing stuff. He finds Mark uh, Magic Johnson for talking to people. Yep. But we have a legitimate battle between Jerry Jones and Goodell, and I know you love this kind of shit. I do like it. I mean, I mean, you know, Jerry is kind of taking the place of the old disgruntled Al Davis in the NFL right now. I, I said that before, that yeah. he's becoming Al Davis. He, I mean, he is. You're right about that. I don't think there's anything. Uh, but I think the, the big thing I look at really is, yes, he spoke out against what the league was trying to do against Ezekiel Elliott. So I'm sure there are written laws about that. Yeah, yeah. And then he stuck his nose. And again, the, the commissioner, just when I thought about it, and I would like to read more about it before we, we really dive that's into really it. That's really all the information that's come out thus far. I, but I got to think he can almost say like it's like conduct detrimental to the league, and I would bet you the other owners that are on that compensation committee have said, go ahead, find him. He's had no right to butt his nose into this conversation. Yeah. And I'll be interested to see where that goes. Ever since Deflategate, I feel like the owners have started like looking at each other and going, oh no, he spoke out of turn. Find that guy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that was sort of when we saw that fissure with Kraft. I love it. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. I think it's good for our entertainment that Jerry Jones, the most vocal owner in the NFL and the commissioner of the NFL, are bickering. Right. For the league, it's not the best look, but that's what it is. Um, I want to say this before we go into the topic of the day, the topic of the weekend, the topic of practically the year for you. I believe, and I, I want to speak for, let me see if I can speak for you. Yep. We are happy for Blake Bortles. We are happy for Blake Bortles' family. We are happy that he is getting paid for him. This is generational wealth. This is life-changing stuff that is happening to him. Yes. And neither of us are people that want to talk about another man's pockets. We're not going to say that, you know, oh, you should give that money back. No, that's not how we work. Congratulations, you got your payday. Right. I think situationally, it led to this situation. We're going to get into that in a second. But I also think we care very much about the Jaguars. So before we break all this down... Congratulations to Blake Bortles. Congratulations on 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 performing pretty well down the stretch enough to give confidence to the team. But we're going to talk about the situation. But I don't think as a man we would say I, – I don't know. Am I speaking for both of us here? I don't know. What are you going to say? I was just going to say as a man I don't want to go and say, you know – take that money back and all that stuff. I'm happy for him. I am too. I, again, I'm not here to hate on Blake Bortles personally. I, I want to restate that for the nine millionth fucking time, okay? Um, no, I'm happy that he got paid as well. I mean, again, I'm we are the players podcast, exactly. and it's more – I'd rather Blake Bortles have the money than Shad Khan, okay? I, I mean, He's got that. plenty of money, so yes. I'm not worried about him. Um, so from that standpoint, yes, and Blake Bortles has risked his body, and he's worked hard, and he handles himself the right way. From that standpoint, he's earned it. Now, do I think he deserves that type of paycheck? Certainly not. Let's get into that. Yeah. So here are the details. For everybody else in America, it's a three-year, $54 million deal with $26 million guaranteed. Sims and Lefko, it's a three-year, $26 million contract. Correct? Yeah. It's about $8 million a year. Now, that doesn't include the signing bonuses. That's like Wait, so say that again. I'm still kind of looking to see if Jones is a part of the compensation committee. It's driving me crazy. 
We're talking about Bortles. This is it. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Go. Okay. Start, start. Three years, fifty-four million. Right. Twenty-six guaranteed. Right. So in your head, what do you deduce that contract down to? It, it, from what I've seen so far, it's a two-year, thirty-six million dollar deal. So he gets twenty million dollars, right. all guaranteed at signing in twenty eighteen. It was nineteen. Right. The, it reduces the cap hit from this season from nineteen million to ten. Yes. That's the main reason they did this. The main reason. They freed up ten million dollars. Yes. In twenty nineteen, next year, he's due sixteen million. Right. Six point five million on which is fully guaranteed. So the Jags can pay six point five million to to bail out after one year. Yes. So it'll be twenty this year, the six point five. But what's the cap hit if it's, they do it's that? It's a large it's one. Significant. It's significant. That's over why 10. it's a two year deal. For my money, as I look at it, right. It reminds me very similar to Romo and Breeze, where there were teams that were up against it with the cap, and they took the long-term contract money and they made it immediate and the player gets like a lump sum check yep. and it allows the team to kind of you know use their money elsewhere it's a little bit shocking to me because Romo and Breeze we went okay right. they were in that position but Bortles was just in the good spot also new contracts two-year contracts in essence the same as the Bortles contracts for Coughlin, Caldwell and Marone right my biggest thing and I'm going to go into my whole rant in a second Actually, you know what? I'm going to let you go because this is – when you hear all the numbers, what have you been thinking all weekend? Where are you with this? Well, when I first saw it, and I didn't know all the numbers, but right away at the first glance, I think I texted you when we were texting back and forth. I just said, this it's got to be just a one-year deal. I mean, That's what I thought it was, right. too. Um, so, for, uh, again, I think we start the conversation here. Jacksonville – is in a very un, unenvious, is that how you, in unenviable, un, unenviable position. I think in the world of business, you're not supposed to be um, uh, basically bidding against yourself, and that's what they were doing. So basically, they backed themselves into a corner of, oh, we're going to owe him 19.5 million dollars this year. It's going to be on the books as that 19.5. And we have so many other guys we want to right, and we have to find ways to lessen that number if we want to get a few players in here to help the roster out, whatever it may be. So they went out and they found a deal, yes, that lessened the number this year. Um, so, Which seems to be priority number one. Right. It seems, to, But you're number two. That's perplexing to me. And it seems like you're stuck with them unless they're going to have to. It depends if it's a post-June 1st cut or before June 1st. It's going to be like $9, 11000000 million yeah. if they just decide to cut and him, right? And the June 1st for people out there, if they do some form of negotiation, they can like split it, like some into this year, some right. into next year. But right now, it's looking like a big dead money hit if they were to cut him before next season. Yes, it really does. And I think that's the part that surprises me more than anything. Do I think it's stupid? <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. It's hilarious. <laughs> ah, the 70th best quarterback is getting $18 million a year. Um, but, yeah, what was your reaction? Did a lot of people text you? Well, Where listen, were you? I know this. Jacksonville's sniffing around for quarterbacks, too. Yeah. So this story's not done yet. Free now, agent quarterbacks? Free agent quarterbacks? Yes, I know. Case Keenum's not getting the franchise tag. No, just I know announced. that, but d- he's going to be too expensive for them. That's right. What, what kind of money are we talking in terms of sniffing them? I don't know. I just think they're sniffing around for other options. I think you know, at least, the very least, they're looking at, they're going to look for a backup to go, okay, yeah. if, if, if Bortles starts off bad next year, this guy can come in and we know he's going to be good. Because they renegotiated Bortles, they cut Chris Ivory, they opened up a good amount of cap. Now it could be, the now they could be, they are prime position Lamar 
Lamar Jackson end of the first round uh, or, or, you know, somebody else maybe they covet at some point, it, yeah. whoever that may be. If, if you were the GM yes. and they handled it this way, how would you have handled it? Oh, well, I mean, I would have never... I would have never, first of all, extended the fifth year option. The fifth year option was where they've made the mistake. They backed themselves in the it's corner, like a franchise tag, right away. From that standpoint, right there, they were stuck. I mean, that's the reason Blake Bortles got wrist surgery. There was nothing they were going to be able to do. So, uh, why they gave him a nineteen million dollar year fifth year option, I'll never know. Nobody ever knows. It's yeah. literally one of the laughing points that me and my friends have around the NFL. <laughs> it's just like they were they were bidding against themselves. Nobody else was going to pay anything near that. Um, even the fact Blake Bortles didn't even want to ask for more money. He just said, let's get the deal done. They gave one offer, and he said, let's sign it. Yep, so that tells you where he is as well. Uh, now, he nothing knows. against that. Nothing against any of that. No, I'll take your money. Uh, and it's off his mind, and he doesn't have to worry about it. Now he can just work and, and maybe improve his throwing or whatever it may be. But, yeah, Lefko, I mean, come on. I, didn't, and... I have a rant. You're right. And I want you to it's come like in. they're ruining their chance to be a, like a legit Super Bowl dynasty, maybe. Whenever you want to chime in, yeah. you are Mr. Bortles. You right. chime in. Okay. I think it's crazy. Who would have thought that in maybe the best draft in the last 20 years, Blake Bortles is the first one getting an extension? Not Jadavian Clowney or Aaron Donald or Odell Beckham Jr. or Khalil Mack or Anthony Barr or Taylor Lewan or Zach Martin or the host of other players. Blake Bortles is the first one to get the extension. Right. That's crazy to me. What upset me a little bit this weekend is that people still see a contract as validation for the player and not decision-making by a front office. Right. Rich Eisen, our best bud, tweets out, Laugh all you want, but the reality is Bortles was one batted-down pass away from the Super Bowl, and the Jags are paying him far fewer guaranteed dollars in far fewer years than recently paid quarterbacks who haven't won a single playoff game or made a championship game to date. It was not what Bortles. A, what a brilliant argument by it Rich. It was in spite of Bortles. And this is the big issue with right, Bortles. Right. We're, the same people that say quarterback wins is not a stat are the same people saying, well, he took him to the AFC Championship game. Right. Well, the defense was really good last year. And so we're validating that he's good because he's not getting paid as Because he's not as good as other quarterbacks. That's just a fact. Yeah, he's getting paid the same amount... Mike Glennon got paid last year, basically. He's getting a little more guaranteed. I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay, sorry. So that was a quote from someone in the media, which I went, man, that, that this is the problem that right. we're dealing with. Right. You taught me something a long time ago. When you look at quotes about players, the words they don't use are just as important as the ones they do. Right. So the Jacksonville Jaguars released some quotes from some of the teammates, and I thought, <laughs> let's take a look at what the words are saying and what they're not saying. <laughs> So the first one is Mercedes Lewis, tight end. He comes out and he says, I've had the pleasure of seeing Blake mature in progress for the past four years. And the one thing that I admire the most about him is his attitude. Mm, Brandon attitude. Linder said, $5 you know dollars attitude. Brandon Linder came out and said, he's one of the toughest guys I know, and I'm confident he'll continue to make us better Ooh, on a daily basis. Five more million for toughness. Toughness. Malik Jackson came out and said, he's the type of guy we want in our locker room. Ooh, $8 million for the locker room. Attitude. Toughness, good locker room guy. You know what I didn't hear? Right. He's good. One good I ne There was not one quote. I went through the whole thing. Yeah. I even looked at Tom Coughlin, and Tom Coughlin used the word dependable. Right. I He shows up on time. <laughs> We're not seeing anyone saying he throws a really good ball, he's really good, he's good in the pocket. We don't know about his arm strength or his accuracy. No one's talking about anything about the position, but in terms of attitude, toughness, and teammate, 
he's good. Hey, it's a fail-safe. That's a great... I'm not done. Oh, sorry. All right. So the Jaguars, those same, same guys, have carried this guy this entire time. Right. And the big problem that I've seen is that the front office is taking it for granted. They're not trying to win now. They're not trying to maximize the window with this opportunity, with this super young team all on their rookie contracts. They're assuming that it's going to stay open for a really long time and we can transition over two years with Blake Bortles. The Seattle Seahawks won one Super Bowl. If that wasn't the sign that all of the windows in the NFL shut quick, and they had Russell Wilson, and that window was that, and you're going to take it for granted. If you don't go out there and do a Cousins or a Keenum, then you're doing this long-term plan that everything is going to be awesome. So I looked at it and I said, what plan are they trying to execute? They're trying to do what the Bears did last year. And the biggest problem was, what did the Bears do with Glennon? They negotiated against themselves. Yes. They gave him a contract that no one else in the NFL was even looking for, and they gave him $15 million. And afterwards, we went, well, that was really dumb. Nobody was even trying to sign Mike Glennon. <laughs> what they're trying to do is, in my mind, do the Glennon Trubisky. Get a quarterback in for a year or two salary, get the rookie quarterback with his much lower salary, right. and get a guy ready to go. Right. Glennon, in his first year, was a very low base of $8 million, but his dead cap in year two was just 4.5. Glennon right. probably won't be on the team right. in Chicago next year. Right. That's not the dead cap for Bortles. His is 12 in year two. It's a two-year deal like we talked yes. about. But here is the dilemma in this plan. The Bears had the second pick in the draft, right? right. They moved down to third. Right. Do you, are you that sure in a draft where there's clearly five quarterbacks better than everybody else that at number 29 you're going to get them? Because I saw three go in the top 12 last year, and we thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be a second-round pick. I know we, everyone's seeing Lamar Jackson going there at number 29. You don't think someone's going to trade up ahead of them to get it? So my question for the Jaguars is, what if you don't sign anyone in free agency because you're doing the Bears plan, right? and then you say, we're going to get a guy at 29, and you don't? Right. That's what? why they gave him two years. I think that's where it's, that's where I wanted to go with that. How is your plan that, oh, you know what, if we don't get uh, the quarterback of the now or the quarterback of the future, we're going to try this with Blake for two more years. Yeah. Listen, it's interesting. It's not a fail-safe. Their plan is Blake Bortles. This is not, hey, no, their guy is Blake Bortles for two years. They've made that decision. And the reason we're here in my mind, is because of Bortles' wrist surgery. That is the reason we got to the situation. Right. Because if they didn't renegotiate and he failed that, it was $19 million no matter what. Right. And then they couldn't go and extend you know, one of their young Whoever players or go right. out and get some free agency. Right. I have an idea for them. They need to call me up. I'm putting on the owner hat. I am left owner. Left owner. I am the owner here. In his celebratory post-contract comments, Bortles said that, my wrist, I'll be 100% in two weeks. That's what he said. Yeah. He came out and said it because he's feeling happy and he signed it. Right. In two weeks and two days is when the new year starts. That's when that contract that he just signed becomes official. Right. What I'm doing on March 13th, two weeks and a day, I'm getting him out on the practice fields. Hey, man, let's have a catch. Hey, man, why don't you run some sprints? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to time it. I'm just going to time it. I'm going to give him the physical. 
He is going to pass the physical. And then I'm going to cut him on March 13th because none of this contract talk is binding. If the biggest issue was he's going to be hurt, but he comes on his press conference and says, by the new year, I'll be 100%. Well, then we're going to take that damn physical. Because if you're not, if you're healthy, I can cut you scot-free. And now I can go and pay for Kirk Cousins or get somebody else. Right. That's what I'm doing. Save yourself. All of a sudden, he can heal faster because the contract's ready to go. We didn't know a timeline. Now we know a timeline. Yeah. Then why aren't you waiting until March 12th or 13th to see if he could pass the physical, and then you don't have to pay him anything? But the problem is, is they've made the decision. Well, because Blake yeah, Bortles because, is their quarterback of the future. Right. There's nothing they could do because he was just going to go, fine, then I won't work out. I won't show up. I don't have to... He, That's what I'm saying. You got to be like, hey, we're just going to hang out. We're just going to run sprints. I know. But the thing is this I understand where they're coming from. I'm very empathetic to what they're trying to do. Yep. They're looking at a team and going, we're close. Right. We have a guy. He already knows the offense. He's athletic enough to move out of the pocket. He can, as he's shown, make some good play action throws to get it done. And they're thinking that that's enough. We're saying. It's never enough. It's never enough. Why are you going to hurt the team because you want to be safe? You have the most unsafe defense. You have weapons all over the place. And you're just going to take it all down a notch because he's there. This is this is their baby. This is their third pick of their draft. This is the problem with first-round picks. They get nine lives. They do. Because it's, uh, they're going to prove that they're, they were right with this pick until they go into their grave. So it's just they're never going to give it up. Oh, I was right. See? We got to the AFC Championship game. I he, got, he just got all two-year contract right. extensions. But, but that's that's the that's the problem. That's what everybody's missing is yeah. Jacksonville should have been a slam dunk to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. A slam dunk. And they weren't because of their quarterback. It's fine. I, I, I am all those questions. I mean, that was a great rant. All those things like I don't really – I don't know they're thinking. Like I know they have to they have to give them this year for two reasons. For one, cuz of the money, right? Yep. They don't want to pay him a 19 million dollar have that on the cap for that one. That made sense. Also, they don't know who they're going to get at quarterback, so you got to have somebody to fall back on. Right. Maybe it and doesn't play out that. like you said, the draft doesn't play out, free agency doesn't play out, yeah. whatever it may be. So they got to have that guy. The the thing that is confusing is the second year. It doesn't that's, make that's, sense. That's the part where Yeah. I don't really know. Maybe that's where Bortles and his agent drew the line in the sand and basically said, no, we're going to need a We're little, not going to do the Glennon. We'll take the $19 million then yeah. at the fifth-year option um, unless we have a little security for that second year. And I'm guessing that's what happened. I hope the Jaguars surprise us, and I hope they package up some picks and they move up in the draft and they take somebody they want well, and what, they can groom him underneath. What people are missing is like $18 million a year is low-end starting quarterback money, right? Very much I mean, so. we're seeing Jimmy Garoppolo who's played seven games in his yeah, career. Yeah, it used to be the middle of the pack with the Andy Daltons and all those right, guys. Right, now but it's, it's the it's, end. Starting it's, going, to go. it's going to be towards the bottom here There's in another year There's a gap between like Glennon at 15, the guys at 18, and then the rookie contracts right. at like Six seven. So they can, depending on how free agency works out. Yeah, I mean, they hey, can listen, still get another guy. They might get Tyrod Taylor for eight million a year. Tyrod Taylor would be great, right? I would like, I I, dude. I would take Josh McCown. You know, we could take anybody. I thought for sure they were going to be maybe in this Kirk Cousins conversation because they maybe they would realize that go, damn, we're like really awesome and we could win the Super Bowl like multiple times. Yeah, if we get a quarterback that can get in here and sling it around. A lot of people are saying that this allows them now to re-sign Allen Robinson to a big contract. Sure. And my thing is this, and you've said this too. Yeah. If you leave this free agency 
agency giving a long-term big-time contract to a wide receiver coming off of an ACL injury who and was, bringing back right. your quarterback who's shown no signs of a big-time future, you, you are you are not going forward. you either staying the same or going backwards. Yeah. Yes. Allen Robinson could come back and be great, but it's, I don't know. It's you've, show, you've shown the propensity to draft wide receivers in late rounds and have success, and they all were open in all of the games last year, and the one position I don't think you need to spend a lot of money in is wide receiver. No, I mean, Marquise Lee's a free agent, so they can he play that great. out. He was. He's good. He's a good player. I mean, they should sign, try to sign him back if they can. Yeah. Again, People are not going to really know how good these rece- some of the receivers are because he couldn't <laughs> consistently get them the ball. Allen Robinson, I think you're exactly right, too. We're talking about a guy that was a 4-6-40 type of receiver. He ran, I think, a 4-6-2, I want to say, coming out of Penn State. That was his one issue. So he never was like the guy you go, oh, he can separate. He was an awesome 50-50 jump ball type Fantastic. of guy, right? That's what we really thought he was. So now he's coming off an ACL. I'm certainly not going to look to overpay him either in this situation as well. I- I'm be really interested to do see Do you still have a here. man crush on the Jaguars? I do. I do. Okay. I mean, I think this is totally stupid. You know that. Yeah. Um, I understand that organizations back themselves in corners sometimes, and they did that. I think the thing that surprises me more than anything is that the fact that Tom Coughlin is a part of it. That's what I said last week. I think that's the biggest thing. It is. Because he's a guy that knows throwers. He's old school. Apparently he went to Bortles in that Patriots game and said, played a really good first half, and he walked away. (laughs) That's what he said. Yeah, that's the way he is. I don't know. Uh, the, there was another big trade though, and I think we're going to see a lot of trades in the NFL. Wait, so like, what, how was like people tweeting our podcast? They... What the hell? I bet you Sims is so mad right now. All right, so what they the weren't hell? they weren't shitting on me though. They were more like no, and th- no, but there was I, I saw a few articles that were like Sims continues his vendetta against Bortles, and I saw one that was like, but look, all the articles that I read about this, and they were all over the place. They all acknowledged that Bortles really wasn't that good. Just no one's willing to take the stand that he's yeah, not good. Right? They're just able to go it's a controversial player like they go some people say good and bad i'm like yeah but you none of you just take the bad nobody ever says really good it's like you said when people say the good you have to listen to the words they don't say yeah uh, that's the nobody when they say he's good they go well he leads his team and they went deep into the playoffs and i know it's a, but all right what is what it is we're happy for him Let's i make am sure happy that. for blake bortles yes like this is a family changing contract good for you he played the situation yep. perfectly we want every player to get paid we're going to get into des Bryant and odell beckham in a second our thing is we just think the jaguars can be really special yep and we just want to see a guy in there that we think has the tools to make it work. Right. Oh, uh, Jerry Jones, conduct detrimental. Conduct detrimental. I, just as we were you were going there, I looked a little. He did. He was not part of the compensation committee. He infiltrated that he and can't made help himself. himself. Right. Yeah, he can't. So I, I, he's one of those guys that would pay the fine in pennies. Like he'd come up in like a wheelbarrow, be like, count out my money. Marcus Peters traded to the Rams. Yeah. This happened on Friday. Yeah. There is he is the only player the only player with more interceptions in his first three seasons than Marcus Peters is Ed Reed. Mm. He is twenty five years old. He is incredible at an intercepting fumble recoveries, all that stuff. Your first reaction when you heard this news. <sighs> wow. 
I mean, I, yeah, Peters is, you know, he's he's in that conversation for one of the best corners in football. I mean, he's dangerous. He's scary. Guys like him don't come around all that often with, you know, his size, length, uh, speed, and then his ability to play the ball like you Oof. just were referencing with the interceptions. I mean, it's special. He plays the ball for my money. I, I think we said this last year in one of our podcasts. Other than Deion Sanders, he plays the ball better than any other DB I've ever watched in my lifetime. Um so I was shocked, but a smart move, I thought, by Kansas City and the Rams in a lot of ways. So the Rams also get a sixth-round pick this year. Right. So they get Marcus Peters and a sixth-round pick. Right. And the Chiefs are getting a fourth-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year. Okay. Was that enough to get back for one of the better cornerbacks in the game with I, two years left on his deal? I do think it's enough because, two, you're going to have to pay him at some point, right? So next year, let's see, Peters is going into, what, his fourth year? Yes. So then after that, you're going to have to give him the fifth-year option. Right. He's going to get paid a pretty good chunk of change, and then if you want him past that. So right. in essence, at the very most, he it's, becomes only their two new year, it's only Johnson. a two-year deal. But that's where it's brilliant. See, that's where I think it's really good. They have they really didn't hurt their team. They've kept a strength of their team a strength. Yes, they're going to lose Tremaine Johnson. He's going to get paid And I would say those two are pretty equal. And they, in terms of talent, they both did the same thing. Yeah, they would. I, uh, you just don't have to pay Marcus Peters for two years, where you'd have to pay Tremaine right now. Right now, exactly right. And then the Kansas City is doing the opposite. They're buying themselves another year, even after that, with. Co- which one's there? Kyle Kendall? Fuller. Or, uh, one of the Fullers. Yeah. Kendall's there. Kendall Kyle's Fuller. the bearer. You're right. You're right. You're right. right. So Kendall's there, and he just finished his second year, so he's still a year behind where Marcus Peters was. Mm. So now Kendall Fuller is not as good as Marcus Peters. Don't get me wrong, but he's still very good. And when his knee is totally 100% healthy, he's special. He's a first-round type of talent. That's what I thought he was coming out of Virginia Tech. Um, so I think that's where I look at it and just go, the Rams did good. The Rams did good by that, by the fact that, okay, they can't pay everybody. they got to pay freaking Aaron Donald here that's at some coming point. Up very that's soon. coming up, and he's going to be the highest paid. And you still have Gurley coming up, right. and you have Goff coming up. Right, so they're all coming down the line here, certainly. And I think the other thing that I'm really happy about with the Rams is they're not going down the Blake Bortles, we're going to be pressured into a corner because we've done something in the past, and we're going to... I, if, I Kudos to them if they don't franchise Sammy Watkins. That will be a huge mistake. To me, it's franchise Lamarcus Joyner, or find a deal with him, but he's the guy mm. that you franchise. Like, like uh, our man Jermaine Johnson is going to price himself out of that running there. Yes. So he's out of the Rams. you got to realize that. LaMarcus Joyner is special. He's a really good player. You can franchise him. You want him around for a while, mm. and it's going to be less of a money. And then Sammy Watkins, like when they were talking about Sammy Watkins, they might franchise him. Like, that's... If they do that, then they're stupid out there. That's all I can really say. That's yeah. they're stupid. I was Sam, having this. Why? Because they traded a second round pick right. for him. He was the third best receiver on their football team. If that, it's close. Sammy Watkins is not a number one legit superstar receiver. Behind Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and who? Um, who the am tight I? ends? Yeah, the tight ends are good. We're missing one. Curly. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I mean, uh, I'm not going to yeah, put yeah, Tay no, in Austin. It's really, in front of it's really, yeah, it's third. It's it's third, and, and he has more go like like speed than both of them. But I'm not going to sit here and say he's a definite better receiver than Robert Woods. Robert Woods is a good little player. Watkins is not the same guy that came out of Clemson. He's never been the same after the foot injuries. That's why he's not in the class of the Odell Beckham right. Juniors and the Brandon Cooks. And I'll be interested to see how that plays out too. 
I found it interesting that when a player gets traded, we often talk about how he's too much to handle. Yeah. And that's what happened with Marcus Peters. Right. And in this, everybody went, oh, well, he's got Wade Phillips. Yeah. He had Aqib Tlaib. He knows how to deal with tough personalities. Yeah. And I just find it really interesting that no one talks about the fact that the Chiefs have the highest paid safety in the NFL or the second highest paid outside linebacker. Yeah. And they honestly wouldn't be able to afford him financially right. in two years. Right. No, they need to make it a behavior issue with Marcus Peters. Peters because he's done some stuff on the field and he, and he threw a flag one time and a ref and all that stuff. So for me, I just found it interesting how when a trade happens, we don't evaluate the Chiefs. Yeah. We say troublemakers getting moved. Right. Andy Reid didn't want to deal with them anymore. I just, from the player's podcast perspective, I always find it interesting how we vilify the player yeah. that, the oh, it didn't work in that locker room. He's too much. Maybe. I don't know, but he just became an, an enemy immediately when he got traded. Yeah, uh, you're right. He did, and I, you're right. None of those facts get thrown out there no. about that. And Andy Reid can handle people like Marcus Peters, but obviously there was something there that Mar- Andy Reid doesn't like. You wouldn't hear these type of rumors if they weren't true. Yeah. So I get that he wants to, like you said, like you said, they they know they're going to have to pay him. They got to juggle. They have cap issues there. They need to, to kind of retool their team, especially their defense. Go ahead. What I was just going to say, I was going around the office Friday. Go. My issue is not off the field with Marcus Peters. He does not show the wantingness to tackle. And maybe that was the issue. Well, I that think it's to a, me was his season. His 2018 season was a lot of clips of him avoiding tackles or not being physical or playing 10 yards off the line of scrimmage every he will, play. He will do that. Yes, he doesn't get in your face and jam you at the line of scrimmage. That's where it's close between him and Tremaine Johnson because Tremaine Johnson will get in your face and jam you. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. But Marcus Peters is still special. And again, we don't know all the things that went on off the field. That's what you have to remember too Andy Reid's a he's a player's coach in a lot of ways he will let things from everything I know about him yeah he will he's not like a stickler to where he's just gonna rule with an iron fist he deals with personalities he yes. lets them be themselves so we don't know all the stories about what they really had to deal with, yeah. with Marcus Peters either of course uh and Wade Phillips does have a history of handling those type of guys uh he has free reign in the defense he well, does it's a- funny you know LaMarcus Joyner was an issue with Jeff Fisher going into his office before the season and then suddenly with Wade Phillips he explodes yes. Wade's just one of those guys got great people that skills. understands people and the coach Sean yeah. McVay yeah great people skills. Right. It's easy for them. Right. Uh, okay, so as you can see, I'm kind of in the player's mindset today. Yeah. I'm taking the, their side. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand what's going on with Blake Bortles. Des Bryant came out, 29-year-old Des Bryant, with some advice for young wide receivers, and he said, I would tell them that it's a mistake that I made that you got to make sure that your body's right. Keep it healthy. That should be the number one goal. Sometimes you got to make those sacrifices. It's hard. You want to be out there on the field. You want to make plays. You want to be out there with your teammates, but you can't compromise your body. That's what I would tell them. Yeah. I know what he's talking about. The hard the hardest thing for me, I think, to juggle as a player is balancing availability and longevity, where you want to get the contract by constantly being able to come on the field and playing through injuries, but you're going to hurt yourself for those second and third contracts because you're not letting your body get healthy. Right. And it's funny because I heard Stephen A. Smith just now on the radio talking about, who is Dez think he is coming out? He's not a top five receiver anymore. 
I learn so much from people's mistakes more than their successes. Jerry Rice can't teach me a lot. LeBron cannot teach me about handling injuries because he's never been hurt. But I could talk to Sean Livingston and learn a lot about battling back. Dez has missed a lot of stuff over the years, but he's also played through a ton of injuries over the years. And this is something that I'm curious if you think could be a tidal wave towards the future is – I expected Odell to kind of do it, you know, when he tweaked his ankle or whatever. We'll get to Odell in a second. But do you think people will sit more? Like, Devontae Parker, anytime he kind of gets hurt, he sits. Deshaun Jackson, anytime he kind of gets hurt, he sits. And those guys can last a lot longer than a warrior like Dez. I agree. I mean, yes, this is the game they should have been playing. This is two, three years, four years late to the game, ten years late to the game. Come on, what you know? Again, how many times have we seen guys get hurt and they get asked to redo their contract or take less? You know, two years after they got hurt because they're not quite the same player they were, whatever it may be. Yeah, you have to know your worth, and as, as a businessman, that's what you are in the NFL. Yeah, Dez is a he's a he's a football player, and how many times did he play with? You know, he played with a broken foot, yep. sprained ankles, yep. whatever it may be. Um, Tons of back issues. And it's catching up to him. Yeah, he played the position in a physical manner, and he lost some of that explosion because of that. And he's hitting the age uh, to kind of double time that as well, to where, yeah, there's no way you can sit there and justify paying him $16 million a year. Yeah. And I think he has to realize that too. And really, I would just say, man, Des, listen to your statement you just made. Man, listen to yourself. He said he's so, lost a step. Right. So don't, but how, but don't how do you as, yourself out of a place that you want to be then. That's all I'm saying. As a football player, yeah. he's watched Romo I know. get paid and paid and paid because of the Cowboys front office's mistakes. And now Dez is sitting there going, I was just as big a part of that as Tony Romo was, but you're not the quarterback. No. And quarterbacks are just paid so differently. Yes. And the quarterbacks, with the way they're struct- the contracts are structured more times they're not – they're the easiest way to juggle around big chunks of money yeah. to where you can move it around on a year-to-year basis. So, yeah, you can't worry uh, about that. The quarterback's like its own entity. He's not comparable to the rest of the 52 guys in the, the locker room. The thing about the Odell Beckham story to me that was the funniest was a fan tweeted at him, you should play zero snaps during the preseason. He tweeted the number zero, and then every entity in NFL Online wrote, Odell Beckham is going to sit out the preseason. Is he going to hold out, blah, blah, blah. And then Odell came back and was like, yo, you guys are running with a non-story right now. Like, chill out, whatever. And I, I see on first take today, is Odell holding out? And I'm, even when a player comes out and says that's not what that was about, too late, we've already started this storyline, we're going to go down this as far as we can. But the true thing is, is why is it a debate? Odell should not play any preseason game, and he shouldn't play any regular season game until he gets paid. No. it's the- So it's not a debate. It's a decision. Odell has more power than anybody in the sport right now. Mm -hmm. He is the most famous player in the sport. Sit your ass down and don't play anything. No, I mean, especially the preseason. It's it's not going to do him any good. Who cares? Remember when he played in the preseason against Cleveland? Yeah, And he always had his leg taken out? Yeah, right. That's really started the year for him battling injuries. That was when we texted each other and we're like, oh, shit. Yeah, a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. is so good, so gifted, he can get everything he needs out of preseason practice, right? Out of all the training camp, everything, he's going to be fine getting work against Janoris Jenkins and Landon Collins. 
Uh, so please don't risk anything. Yes, players have to start handling this more like a business. I know the problem is we're all wired to go. Gosh, I want to play. I want to be out there for my players and my my teammates. I want to yeah. I want to get out there. And of course, they want to play. Like that's what people. You want to mm. play. I mean, fuck, I lost my spleen, and nine weeks later, I went to the doctor and said, I think I'm co- about coming back the last two weeks of the year. I think I might try <laughs> to do it. And he's like, what? And he started writing things on, you know, the paper that's on, like, the doctor's chair. Oh, yeah. He started writing things, and he wrote, like, the record of our team, which at the time was, like, four and ten. Yeah. And the amount of money I was making and how many games your were Your doctor, yes. not your financial and he's advisor. Like, he circled it, and he's like, I don't think any of this makes sense. And then, he, and then he looked up my, you know, and he was just like, no. He's like, what? He goes, first of all, he goes, I'm not sure I would clear you yet. Yeah. But it's just the way we are wired. It's, yeah, I want to play. I want to be out there. I want to compete. It's yeah. just, and they have to save themselves from themselves. Connor Rogers, Whoa, get in here. Connor Rogers. Connor Rogers, stick to football podcast. He is uh, tag teaming it with Matt Miller. That's right. Uh, Connor has been focused on the draft now, well, how many years? Like straight. Four. Four years. Yeah. Connor's the guy I go to for my early scouting and updates that, and that's things. where we're at. Right. We yeah. are. We're at that point where you're going to go to Indy later this week. Yep. Uh, you're going to take in the Combine. And I kind of want to do an overview with you because we've been – Partially because the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, so I was even more hyper-focused on that. But we've been so NFL-centric. Sims has his tablet. Wednesday, you're going to go through your quarterback rundown. But I want to do Lefko inventory with Connor. And I want to know, Tuesday and Wednesday at Indianapolis, it's like coach and player interviews days. Which storylines are we going to hear the most over the next two days? What will be repetitive for us? I think the one thing that's going to be interesting is I think things are going to start to trickle out about Kirk Cousins because I think the the under-the-table meetings will start to begin. Price points will be talked about. And I think it's funny we go into the draft talking about the college players, and obviously that's why I'm sitting here. But the one thing that comes out before any of them step on the field to run or do anything is free agency. And I think it's very interesting when you look at Minnesota now not taking Case Keenum. Yep. And it'll be probably a three-horse race between Denver, the Jets, and Minnesota for Cousins. Which college players will have the most media at their podium when they speak? I think Lamar Jackson will be a guy that's talked about because the recent you know story is that he has not hired an agent right. and that he is oh. relying on his mom to handle a lot of his negotiating. Yes, he is. I and, knew that. And that's a very interesting story. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. what I, I don't think anything of it. It's not a huge deal. Right. Like, you want the meeting to broker some relationships with these teams. Like that's where I think he's going to miss out a little bit. Right. At the end of the day, they are going to evaluate him for what he is as a player, what he's like in person in the meeting room, and the rookie contract. It's is kind of set already written for you, right? So that's like, why he's not doing. He's not going to give away his three percent for nothing. Like I know Kamara's represented by like his uncle's agency, so I don't want to like write off family immediately. But I, the but second contract like, yes. is where I'd go. Please, Lamar, mom is awesome. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I'm not sure she knows the CBA thoroughly to, to negotiate with the full guarantees right. and the kind of guarantees, the offset yes. language and all that. Yeah. Right, exactly. Because right, right. so. the last few years, a few teams have tried to get some new language into these contracts to mess with these guys. Right. Uh, deepest positions in the draft. I think it's back to running back again. Yeah. Once again, we have Makes a draft sense. where you can go into round two, uh, early round three, and you know you're getting a guy that can start from day one. Right. And I think the more interesting group, because we say it every year with running back, this guy can start from day one, is 
cornerback. Don't skip running back first. Hold you, on. You're, see, looking, right. you're shooting your load all over the well, place here. <laughs> I'm well, only on here for so long. I want to ask him about <laughs> running backs. Okay. All right. But, yeah, so it's a deep class. I'm, yep. I'm excited to get into that. Barkley clearly number one, right? Yep. I mean, just from what Consensus, I've seen. Consensus, essentially. Right. I have not really watched this kid from LSU. I'm really – like, I didn't even get to really see him on TV other than just, like, highlights. Yep. Like, I never got to even, like, watch him that What's way. What's his name? The Geis. Darius the, Geis. Right. And, and I'll tell you with Geis, he was healthy in 2016. Right. And I thought he was a lot closer to Saquon Barkley than people give him credit for. Okay, right. I know he played through injuries this year and looked like a different player. When he's on, he has a little Marshawn Lynch Jr. in him where he runs angry on every mm. single carry. Are you surprised? I, I, all right, so now, just real quick with the running backs, last one. Like, uh, I, I, like I'm looking at Mayock's like, top five position as yeah. I got it in front of me here. Don't got, forget about Deshaun Kaiser. Well, he's got Ronald Jones, number three. Like, I, So, I, you know. Since I did Notre Dame, I got to see some of these guys in person this you saw year. A lot of these right. guys, and I got Ronald Jones number three, Sony Michelle number four, Nick Chubb number five. Uh, I just out of these guys right here, and I haven't seen Geis, but man, I'd have a hard time thinking that anybody else other than Geis or Barkley are better than Sony Michelle. I really like Sony Michelle, what I saw in person and on TV. Yeah, I agree with you. I think with Michelle, in the early of his career, he was buried behind Nick Chubb. Right. And then he got more touches this year, but was still in a three-man rotation. Yeah. And he showed that, listen, he averaged over seven yards a carry. He's a big play guy. And you put him in the outside zone. Yeah. He's the one cut where he's fast enough to get up the field, but he's a better pass catcher than people realize. He could be that Alvin Kamara I, kind I'm of guy, I'm with right? you where, it, after all the hype of the national championship, it was this guy could find his way into round one. Now reality's sinking back where it's yeah. like, okay, he's more top 50. Right. It, it, once again, it's the, the Camara syndrome where you're looking at it and saying, oh, running back. And then the guy gets in the NFL and he runs for 1,200 fucking yards. Yeah, and like, how did he not go round one? Right. Yeah. All right. So you yeah. said corners deep too? Yes, very. That's pretty rare. That's why it's interesting. More interesting than running back because yeah. you probably have three first round corners this year, maybe four. And then day two, it's just. A mess of a ton of oh, guys. Oh, so there's an elite four. So the, so the tier next tier down has got some real. So who are the top four? Minka. I, I think you're looking at Denzel Ward from Ohio State being the guy again. Right. Everybody now. That. Josh Jackson from Iowa, who three years ago was being looked at as a wide receiver, right. is a guy. If he runs a four five forty, he's going top fifteen. Yeah. Right? He's six one. He had eight interceptions. He had two or three against. I think it was Ohio State alone. It's right. A, it's a guy with ball skills, and teams value that differently. And then the third guy is the most interesting. It's Mike Hughes from Central Florida, a team that didn't lose a game this year. Yeah. He started his career at UNC, got kicked or left the team after a fight where he was charged with assault. The charges get dropped. Once again, ball skills, returnability, mm. going to run a sub 4 4 yep. He's got it all you look for in a corner if he interviews well and answers questions for what he did three years ago. Right. Another top 20 pick. Right. So it's those three in Minka? Uh, well, Minka, Minka's consider, is considered like a hybrid more. Yeah, I just Mi- look at him as a DB. Minka's yeah. a Especially safety. today's NFL. That's a great way of, of looking at it. I think the fourth guy is Isaiah Oliver, the corner from Colorado, because once again, you look at the prototype, a guy that's 6'1", can jump through this ceiling damn, and run a four corners. The damn kid uh, Witherspoon for last year. Yeah, and Tedrick Thompson was the safety that played over those guys Shit. and had ball skills. So. Man. When you look at Oliver, he's a different breed where he's got the length, he's got the speed, he's got the athleticism. You'd mm. like to see him be a little more aggressive at times, but some coach is going to say, that's my prototype, I'm taking him in the back end of Is he as long as the kid from Col- yeah. Akilah Witherspoon? Yeah, he's like he, that he, kind of guy? Yeah, like he's like 6'1 and a half, 6'2". He's close. Right, right, yeah. right. And, yeah. Shallowest positions. Oh, I think where there's a very small elite group. That's offensive tackle. You have all these round two or three guys where you're like, he could be this, he could be that. There's no franchise tackle. I think the kid in the from whole Texas... Draft. 
Yeah, not no franchise offensive tackle. I think Connor Williams has the upside of one, okay. but you're really rolling the dice if you pick him in the top 15 because the the spectrum's huge. The bad turn on the Maryland game this year, and you're looking at a player that looks like a day three prospect at best. He's right. just getting smoked every play. So Maybe he's not oh, yeah, that's when y'all right. lost to Maryland. <laughs> so, but then you <laughs> go lost to everybody. 2016 when he's healthy once again. It's like franchise tackle. So then there's questions about his length, yep. which is that that matters. At right. the it does. Level. Sam so, Baker stuff. Tackle the top of the tackle class, there's no blue chip player. There's no Laramie Tunzel, right, essentially, in right. this year's group. Yeah, McClinchy, McGlinchy. Well, yeah, I'll be interested to see where he goes at. I mean, again, a guy I got to see in person. And I always thought Quentin Nelson was the guy. I mean, I, I know he I, is. That, that's the big conversation right now is how high can a guard go? Yeah, and especially after we saw Sheriff and all that stuff. Uh, you always have a good way of identifying which players Sims is going to love beforehand. Fun. Last year, you came up to me and said, like months ago, like months beforehand, I think Sims is going to like Patrick Mahomes. And he did. <laughs> yeah. You were like, you're like, you know, I think he's going to like Carson Wentz. <laughs> What? Who are the players that Sims is going to love immediately? You're going to love Josh Allen. Yeah, I knew that. He, he's been, but he's we been knew that because you watch the arm talent. That's like the best yes. best buzz Sims ever says his arm talent. Uh, and you go, holy shit. Yeah. There's only so many people on planet Earth that have been born to throw the ball like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was a good line. That was, good. That was uh, like a Sims Mad Lib. <laughs> so, yeah, when you look Plain at it, jo- Josh Allen's the obvious one. Me and Sims have talked uh, off the record about Lamar Jackson. Right. It, the way the ball snaps out of his hand and you can run like that. He's bigger than people give him credit for. You're going to like Lamar. What I love about Sims when we do the draft every year is he doesn't give a shit about the common analysis and says, I think this is why this guy can play or I think this is why this guy can't. And that's why he's usually right about what he says. So I think those are the quarterbacks you look at and you say, okay. What uh, what about other positions? Because you know he's a height, speed, legs and ass guy. No doubt. (laughs) Who are the the Carl Lawsons? The guys that everyone sees and he goes – He's as big oh, as yeah. fast as everybody else. Yeah, what yeah. about this Tremaine Edmonds guy from I was Bob gonna, Tech? That was going to be my next one. When so you look Virginia at, Tech is a linebacker. They're a linebacker, yeah, right? I, I was going to say Edmonds because he's 19 years old. He's six foot five, 240 pounds, just an athlete, right. three-down linebacker. He could play inside. He can cover outside. Right. I think he's like your Hassan Reddick style where on third downs, you you let him pin his ears back off yeah. the edge and say, go get the quarterback. Yeah, right. It's a ball of clay, and when you're built like that and you're that kind of athlete. And you're still growing. And you are you could be six. <laughs> That's six, what I'm saying, 19. You know, something I always say to Lefko, the door frame wingspan. Yeah, I'm it, a You know, Wilkerson that kind status. of player is super interesting. Uh, are there any really big running backs that people, like – Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette. Well, you had to I was going to say, Bo, Bo is big. Uh, he's not interested. very good. Yeah, it did not yeah, look good on he, film. He, he's not very good. I, I do think you're going to look at Geis' 2016 yeah. and just love the violent style of football he looks to play. Right. I think another guy is Marcus Davenport from UTSA because he's got the Carlos Dunlap build as an edge rusher where, listen, he's six foot seven, 260 pounds. What the pounds. fuck is UTSA and, getting players right? over Texas? It, it's what a, the fuck is going on it's around insane. here? It's insane. And a Money. guy that... And it's fun film because listen, he was just okay at the senior bowl but when you watch him against like north texas right he literally will put the tackle on his ass and throw him into the lap of the quarterback and yeah. it's like okay well we'll get him there eventually at the next level right. so you know you're looking for a second round edge rusher but that'll be a sims guy i would assume okay who yeah, are the right. who are the early guys a little bit like byron jones who you don't think are on a lot of people's radar but could go to the combine and crush it and then we go like alvin Kamara was one of those guys yeah, where, like, no he just Killed it in every measurable. Yeah, the name that you're going to hear, I think, from the combine at the running back position, at least, is Naheem Hines from NC State because he's a track guy. He's I, a guy that I saw him in person. He's hit home really? runs. He he has those forty plus yard plays. 
you're probably looking at that four three eight speed, yeah. or maybe yeah. maybe faster. He could run four three two. He's been a a star track runner. Yes. So and it shows up on the field. It you does. look at the straight line speed, and you're like, you give the guy a hole, and he's right. gone. Another guy that's super interesting just because of speed alone. Yeah, he could be Tariq Cohen, Tyree yeah. Killish. Yeah, that's, he really could he, be that kind exactly. of guy. Exactly, and especially if you use him as a pass, you know, in yeah. the pass game. I think Dante Jackson might break the forty yard time. He's the slot corner at LSU. Slot so, corner at LSU. I mean, and he's the fastest forty guy possibly. That's the projection. Well, everybody's been saying it, right? So he, he they, yeah. they think he's got a chance to go low four twos. Yeah, he does. But he weighs wow. one hundred and seventy pounds. So you better <laughs> run through. The fucking, you better run really fast when you weigh my weight. So Holy like, shit, one hundred and seventy. Yeah, yeah. I don't, that was eighth insane. grade for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't been one hundred and seventy my whole life. That's what's funny though is people don't realize like some of those nineteen and twenty year olds are still growing. Yes, like I went to the combine and grew a quarter of an inch. <laughs> In my first year in the NFL, I was 22 years old. And I was, that's where age matters. It does. People don't realize that. I have yeah. said this with, I go back to Calvin Benjamin. That's just when we brought it up. He was 24 years old, and he yeah. was bodying kids in college. Right. Well, you're not going to be five years older than people <laughs> and bigger than them in the NFL. No doubt. And Calvin's had a pretty good career. Yeah. But he hasn't you know, changed. Though. He hasn't changed at yeah. all because He's there's the no growth player. there. Right. Uh, who are the really important forty yard dashes? Who are the Jarvis Landry's? You know, if he runs in the four fours, yep. he's a first round pick. If he runs in the four sixes, he's a third round pick. Well, your wide receiver of it is Cortland Sutton from SMU because he plays like Alshon Jeffrey. Where there's times where you're like, why can't this guy beat anyone? But he's still catching the ball over everyone. Right. He's six four, two fifteen. He can jump through the roof like we Josh Doxson know, style almost. Kind of exactly where you get him in the red zone, you say, right. we're just going to throw it up to him all three mm. plays on the fade because right. he's that kind of physical mismatch. But I, I've heard from people down in Mobile that were working closely training him saying that he's going to be in the 4-5 range. That's big. If he is, you're talking it back into the first round. I thought he'd be closer That's to Mike 4 Evans six. Stuff. It's the Mike Evans right. thing. Now, yeah. once again, revisiting it, Josh Jackson, the corner from Iowa, if he hits a 4-5, he's a top 15 lock. There's just no doubt about right. it. Right. So, what do you think he's going to run, though? I, I think he does get close. I think build-up speed, long striders. I think people are worried about their speed, but they realize 40 yards is a long distance. Yeah. These guys, they're given the chance to build up that speed. I think he hits the 4-5-2 mark, at least, which is fine. Hmm. Man, who's your favorite player in this draft right now? If you had to pick one to be Team Connor Rogers for the rest of his life, uh, I you mean, only get for, one. I don't want to say an obvious that I've been. I mean, I liked. Who's ba- your man crush? Uh, I mean, it's probably guys. Yeah. Because I look at everyone says Sa- Saquon Barkley this Saquon Bar- the gap when they're both healthy is as pure runners right. is not as big as everyone thinks Barkley is like McCaffrey where it's offensive weapon yeah you you could split him out we've yeah. seen him do the direct snap right. the speed returns. all that but when right. you look at Geis's vision and power and he can move just not just as well but very well. It's like, okay, that's a guy that translates to the NFL just as well. Shocker. Just in a different way. LSU has an yeah. NFL running back? Yeah. I mean, shocker. But also, honestly, my guy, I would say, that I think is going to be a star. I would argue, if he's not the best linebacker in the league in three years, I'd be shocked, is Roquan, Roquan Smith from Georgia. Yeah. It's just a different speed of play. Every time you tweet one of his clips and he, like, turns it on to like 90 miles an hour to get to the sideline. It's insane. I've just never seen anything like it. Yeah. He looks like a safety. Yeah. He looks like Ed Reed. He looks like a Thomas Davis, you know what I mean, with the George on He's his gonna helmet. He's going to run like a receiver. He's yeah. going to he run is. a 4-5. He is. Uh, so Sims on Wednesday is going to go over his – he's going to watch the film for the five main quarterbacks. And I would like Connor's prediction for how you think Sims – 
which will be his favorite to least favorite of the I five. I really don't even know where I'm at yet. I know wow. I know just TV scouting. I am literally I, I would say this. I don't want to know. I want him to guess. Well, I'm just going to give you mine before I watch the I was going to say I don't even Okay, well, go ahead. I want I'll him stack, to guess. I want him to guess. I'll first. stack him first. Yeah. Um who do you think is his number 1? Josh Allen? I think Josh Allen is his number okay, 1. Okay, who's who do you think is his number 2? Uh Rosen. Number 3. Ooh, this is where it gets dicey. I, I think you'll pick Lamar Jackson third. Yeah. I think you'll be very close to how over, I stack over this. Baker. Yeah, I think Baker. I my here's my fearless prediction yeah. of this. I think you are going to be similar to me, where you're not as wowed by Sam Darnold. Yeah, so well, you, you I, think, I know that. Okay. I already know okay. that. <laughs> I've, I've said this during the year. This is Sam Darnold. When people were saying he was the number one pick, I was like, listen, I'm not saying he's not a first round pick, but I can tell you that I have serious questions if he's the number one pick. I, I don't see that. I think you'll have him at, in four or five right. in the top five, well, either fourth or fifth. Yeah. The motion and the body are scary to me. I know that you love Baker though. I do love Baker. I do. The Baker game, th- this is the one thing just off of TV scouting. I'm interested to hear Connor's take on this. Just off of TV scouting, first of all, I saw Baker in person when he was at Texas Tech. And I, I can show you the telecast. It's Kansas versus Texas Tech. Wow. And they were still w- w- not sure who they wanted to play. Davis Webb, who was there. Right. Or Baker Mayfield. And I was like, I don't know, but I was like Baker. I was on the game in pregames, and I said it on the telecast. I was like, "This Baker Mayfield can like really throw it." Like and then Patrick really throw Mahomes it. came in, and then he came in, and they both had to leave. But I want to see the Georgia game on film, which I have it ready to go, and I'm going to be yep. watching it tomorrow because the Georgia game. What scared me in the final four uh, semifinal game, the second half. Oh, wait, he looked small. It was the first time all year I said, "Damn, the pockets closing in on him," and. He can't make him, you know, can't get outside the pocket. Can he sit in there and make throws? And that's my question. So I wanted to hear your. Yeah, two no, sets. that's totally fair. I have gone to bat for Baker since the beginning, but you got to be. I have to be honest here. Like anticipating throws from the pocket, you either can do it or you can. Right. I, I right now, I don't know if he can. Whether right. it's whether he has it or not. To yeah, sit he's going to see it and then step on the gas pedal to Exa- throw it hard. You look at so the best way to do it is really to watch Rosen. Who is perfect in the Who's pocket? He's a great passer. The mechanics are flawless. Right. He can, he throws with touch at all three levels, right. and he can really throw guys open. He can do and whatever. It, Baker's got a great arm, but when you can't see as much when you're working from the pocket, yeah. you notice the difference. I heard Bevel talking about it, and he compared him to Russell Wilson. He says when you diagram a play for Russell Wilson, you have to create lanes, right. and it's it's a different offense. Yep. It's it not just the six four quarterback. It is. Wednesday, Sims is going to dive in. I'm super excited because the big topic is Josh Allen's accuracy. Right. So be prepared to talk about that. You're going to go through your five quarterbacks. Connor, you are the man. I appreciate you. Check out Stick to Football. Him and Miller have been doing the draft for a long time. What do Josh you guys Allen, got? say this just real quick for both of you to hear. Okay, first of all, I've heard, I already know stuff about Josh Allen. I've told you that. I know that like throwing the ball like short on checkdowns is an issue for his workouts, right? People are talking like, ooh, the check down to the running back is, you know, it's one of his weak points. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. That's fine. But I just would rather – it's easier to teach a home run hitter to hit singles than a singles hitter to hit home runs, okay? Mm. So not everybody's fucking perfect. I just wanted to end on that note That was there. good. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys got coming up this week? 
Uh, well, Miller's leaving for the combine earlier in the week. I'll leave Friday. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a live show from a brewery in Indy on nice. Saturday night. Where cool. at? Uh, Two Deep Brewing. So if you're in Indy, head yeah. to Two Deep get Brewing. Get deep into those yeah, brews. It's gonna, like get, there. it's gonna get a little ugly. So. Two Deep is it named after like the defensive backfield, like playing a Two Deep? <laughs> Am I gonna is. think it's Mason graded. Rudolph's the first rounder when I get done no chance? Him? No, no chance. Okay, I don't think so. All right, I know you're a smart person. <laughs> As the year yeah. went on, I came less and less impressed with them. So very. Here's your sleeper quarterback that you'll like is Kyle Lalletta from Richmond. From Richmond, yeah, that'll be you're like okay, like he could be a third round pick and be real solid. You know what other kid caught my eye on TV all year a little bit is the Virginia kid Beckin Bankirk. Bankirk, like Bankirk. When you watch the Miami game on TV, he's got an arm to hit any throw. He does any throw. I just come and, and goes in waves. Okay. So yeah, okay. he was down in Mobile and the accuracy struggles are there. That's but what it is in terms of just a, a raw project, that's the guy you take instead of a low upside guy. So, right. Right. Yeah, there's a lot to like with him. It's just consistency. Yeah, okay, cool. So I could totally get that. Cool. Thanks, sounds boys. Like, sounds like the Patriots draft pick. This is it. I'm going to wrap it man. up. Uh, so, yes, if you're in Indy, here. check Hold out on. Too Deep Brewery. Uh, check out Stick to Football Podcast. You could hear that Sims is becoming childlike in his excitement. <laughs> That's what there. the draft is like. Every film is a new present, and every present could be Cole, or it could be the greatest. Is thing his butt big? Is his butt small? I don't know. Legs and ass. <laughs> legs and ass. Big Phil is back on Wednesday. And, of course, we're going to have the phone call. We'll have your iTunes comments. And we're going to dive deep into these quarterbacks. For Connor Rogers. Say something. Say, something. say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. For Chris Sims. Peace out, homies. Kendrick would see say you guys. good evening. And the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. Says goodnight. Holler at you guys later, man. Love y'all.